The Hard Shoulder on News Talk with the all new Nissan Juke, the coupe crossover by Nissan. Nissan, innovation that excites. Well, welcome back uh, to the uh, Intercontinental Hotel. I keep calling it the Four Seasons. You see, old habits die hard because we're here uh, at a major fundraiser, the annual Christmas lunch, um, for uh, the Chernobyl Children's uh, International. Uh, wonderful work being done, as you heard earlier on the programme, A.D. Roach and the wonderful Anna Gabriel. Well, my final furlong panellists have now joined me. Uh, it's a great pleasure. They're not used to this type of luxury, poster beds, plush carpets and all the rest of it. They're used to the... <laughs> I won't tell you what they're used to. Jim Elliott, comedian, Bill Hughes of Mind the Gap Films, and my colleague, of course, presenter of uh, Weekend uh, News Talk Breakfast, uh, uh, Susan Kyo. Uh, you're almost welcome. Just before we, we, we crack into it, busy weekend for you. Of course, polling uh, continuing as we speak in the four by-elections. You'll have coverage both days. Yeah, if anybody votes, they're saying that it might be affected by the toy show tonight. People might not get out to the uh, polling stations. But yes, boxes opening in four uh, by-elections tomorrow morning at nine o'clock. We'll be on air from eight. So we've got reporters in all of the election centres. So we'll be doing a quick run around and of course we'll have results then Sunday morning too. All right. Uh, lots of excitement there. Now, uh, Jim, uh, yesterday was Thanksgiving yesterday Day, was it? Yesterday was Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Did you do Thursday. anything? Uh, I was gigging. I had a gig down in uh, in the Hardy Horror Comedy Club down in Bray at the Harbour Bar. Lovely thing. That's yeah. the thing I like doing most in the world. So not a traditional Thanksgiving, I don't think you would call it, but uh, but I had a good time. So so what, what what for your family back home? Oh, the family was all getting together. Uh, my mom wasn't feeling great, but they were all still getting together at uh, at the house. And it's it's the I don't know how to describe it other than the stereotypical Thanksgiving. It's the turkey, it's the mashed potato, and then it's all the really weird dishes that Americans have come up with over the years. So you've got a sweet potato casserole that's topped with marshmallows, and you've got a green bean casserole that's Sorry, topped... What, what did you just say? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, vegetables I, with marshmallows. <laughs> well, that's the only way you can trick Americans into eating vegetables, is right. to coat them with a sugary paste. Oh, my God. But uh, right. it's, a beautiful, it's a beautiful holiday, and you get to watch the Cowboys lose every year, and that's always fun for everybody. Yeah. Have, have you... Have you, I've, be, I've been in America for Thanksgiving. Oh, it's many, many times. Oh, and it's my favorite holiday. It's a great holiday. Seriously? It's, it's absolutely my favorite holiday because it's about Thanksgiving. It's not about gift giving. It's not about... Uh, it's non-secular. Rouse. It's about spending what, what, time with people you like. And what are you, th- what are you thanking uh, for? Always thanking for the friends that I'm with there. I have great friends. No, but what is America grateful for? I mean, at, like at the moment, you'd wonder, wouldn't you? Yeah, <laughs> but the, 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 how dare you? No, 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 but like, what, what, what is it? What's the essence of what you're thankful for? The is it the state, the United States of America, or what is it? I think people start a lot smaller than that. Mm-hmm. I think you stand up at the table and you go, "I'm thankful for my family that I'm surrounded okay. by," and, I, and I'm, uh, you know, we're thinking of the people that couldn't be here, maybe because they passed on or because they're out of town or whatever, and you just think about the things that matter to you. And it, when it comes right down to it, all of the fighting that we do about politics nonstop, spurred on by media figures like yourself, we, it doesn't matter. You can all get together and just have a meal. Oh, a lot of people. Jim, I always to, wonder: would it not have been better to have Thanksgiving at a different time of the year? It's very close to Christmas. We it is very close we to eat turkey on the twenty fifth of December, and then we don't want to see a turkey for another year. I appreciate so that. You know what I like? Could about be a different it? time of the year. I like that it is the barrier to Christmas decorations in the states. No Christmas decorations uh-huh. go up until today, until the Friday after Thanksgiving. And I appreciate having that barrier because Christmas creep in this country—you'll see Christmas decorations in August, man. It's not—it's not cool. No, no but uh, Susan is right in so far as Christmas is not a 
that big a deal in America because well, of Thanksgiving. Eh, it's still pretty big. You've still got big consumer pushing Christmas. Well, since Stephen's Day, Boxing Day, they're back at work. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, it's not even if you if you said it was St. Stephen's Day, people would look at you like, like the what idea are you that about? you'd go back to work on the third of January or the seventh of January. In your case, Bill, I mean, just would be <laughs> anathema to the. <laughs> I have my tree up. I put my tree up in November. Yes, I put it up in on November. Wednesday. Ugh. Pretty early. Uh, hey, I have a Susan, snap. Yes. We have ours up too. I have a very small lobbyist who lives with me. She's eight, so she won out and the tree had to go I up hope, on Wednesday. I so hope there you this go. This is either a, a, a perennial <laughs> plastic tree or it is a replantable tree we and sustainably. To, I love a real tree. You can't beat a real tree, okay. but when you have an eight year old who insists the tree goes up on the 30th of November, you've got to go artificial, and that's what we had to do this year. So it's fake. Okay, well, speaking of nature, uh, our colleague Simon Tierney, mm. uh, who, who works on the Moncrief show, was on uh, the Hard Shoulder yesterday, uh, taking grave exception to the Bush Tucker trials in uh, I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, saying that we will look back in 20 years' time and say this was classic uh, human behaviour that was outrageous against uh, nature. Uh, in the same way that people look back now at the Lions and the Christians and the Roman entertainment. Do you think he's right? I haven't seen any of it. I mean, I get his point, but uh, I don't know. I think it's it might be worth the entertainment when you see someone. So you haven't all... seen the Camelanus or the Bull Penis? I've seen it the... in previous years, but I'm not watching this one. I watched the very first one, but it's just it's too much of a commitment. It's on for an hour every night. Is that right, Bill? You're yeah, watching it. I'm loving it. Yeah, I just I, I just don't have it's the, telly, the hour. It's entertainment. It's pure gold, and the casting. This year is magical. They've just got great people in there. Right, right. Lots well, of dysfunction. And and do the, the, the kangaroos' testicles do it for you? The thing is, if you've ever had a salami or sausage or you've, you know, people say what's in there? There's lips, tits and all the bits. And that's what's in the sausage. And you're just eating them in a different way. And you go into the jungle and suddenly it's there in front of you, staring you. But that's just the reality. But so you listen, think the cockroach likes it? Really? Oh, for goodness sake. <laughs> the you the know, bush tucker trial is probably the most entertaining part of yeah, that Yeah, but I didn't though, know a snowflake could survive in news talk. Who is this person? <laughs> Who is He's this gone. Person? He doesn't work there anymore. Oh, surrounded <laughs> by them, I can assure you. Uh, no, but they, 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 I, I actually had heard this year um, that, that the cast wasn't as good as previous years. Now, it always takes time to build up yeah. till you get to the knockout, you know, stage yeah. of, of voting people off. But, but I, I, people are saying, you know, Ian Wright is a little bit uh, moody and there's a few a ones... A little and, bit moody? Yeah, yeah. He throws a hissy over everything. But he's having some trouble with Andrew Maxwell, who's he's, Irish, they, the Irish They're comedian. just completely rubbing each mm. other the wrong oh, way. are they? Yeah. So that's and Haskell, right. the rugby player, is trying to be... Haskell, he, he was made king, wasn't he? Yeah, but, he, yeah but now he's... Got, Caitlin is now the king, Caitlin oh, Jenner. Right. Yeah. And uh, so Haskell is trying to be Judge Judy. He's trying to be the sensible one. And he's going to each of them to interpret what the other has said, to try and talk them down out of the trees. It's hilarious. And, and, and what about it, Maxwell? Because everyone expected, well, he'll be a bit of a laugh. And he's been a bit of a kind of well, le- actually, bitter lemon. He like said he's that just last a moan night. fest. He said that last Did night he? about himself. He said, I don't know what's happened to me in here, <laughs> but I've gone into myself and all my comedy has disappeared. Yes. He actually said that. And Kate Garraway said... Yeah, it has. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but they're all fascinated about how they first met their partners and how they and the spilling of the stories. And Caitlyn Jenner is spilling all the dish on the Kardashians, and it's just great. Oh, and but you were bitching as you do 
uh, about the media and they're going into people's backstories. Well, the media are... They, they, what happens is if you volunteer like, to go sorry, into the jungle... if you're a six-figure sum, you're entitled to have your past raked over. Not everybody is getting a six-figure sum. Caitlin Jenner and Ian Wright are getting six-figure sums. How much I is don't Maxwell know getting? what other... How much is who? How much is Maxwell getting? I'd say maybe 30 grand. Yeah. 30 it, grand? Yeah. Even, I'd say. Yeah. Even. Yeah. Really? Look, yeah. I can see him licking his lips huh. next year. Jim Elliott will be featured. 30 grand to be in Australia I'll, for I'll three, three weeks. for 30 grand. I yeah. can do that. You need any, anyone's scrotum for 30 grand. <laughs> Some people had come I'm out. I'm glad you didn't say that to me. <laughs> <laughs> Some people had come out and accused Ian Wright of bullying Andrew Maxwell. Now, I haven't seen enough of it, but I did see a quote in the paper from Andrew Maxwell's wife yesterday to say, no, Ian Wright's not bullying Andrew. Look, Andrew's quite difficult to live with. Yeah. I know that. And so Harry Redknapp has been all over the media <laughs> saying that, you know, Ian Wright is difficult and will kick mm. off at the drop of a hat. And so he that's was That's why amazed. he's in there. And yeah, that's, isn't that the of point? course it is. Yeah. And, and it's great to see them. And, and that girl, Jacqueline Jossa from EastEnders, EastEnders, she cries for everything. She cries all the time. Yeah. It's just hilarious. No, but do, do you not think it's fair game? That if you go on a show like that, people are going to pry into your past. You're not running for like election. if you stand for a by-election, that'll happen. That's and that is when it should happen. But it, just because you've entered a reality TV show doesn't mean your entire past has to be raked over by the red tops. But is it not inevitable? It is. Inevitable. It is inevitable. Yeah. Sadly, mm. it is inevitable, and it's a bit like you know when somebody hands over their phone to Michael McIntyre on his show, and he's going to send a rude message <laughs> yes. to everyone. You know, you clean your phone before you give it to him. You clean out anybody that you don't want contacted. Yeah. You're an idiot if you just hand them your phone. So in the same way, you try and do damage limitation or have somebody who's looking after your, your reputation, that you okay. have a management reputation company looking after you while you're in there to head things off at the pass. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Not everyone can afford it, I'd say. Yeah. But, Jim, mm. well, have you watched it? Absolutely not. Not only do I think it's crap telly, I think anybody that does watch it shouldn't be allowed to vote. I think it's garbage. <laughs> what well, is the, the Irish aren't allowed to vote, people? isn't that We're correct? not allowed to vote. Yeah, yeah. No, I meant well, vote, I mean, vote, vote in general. I mean, vote in general. <laughs> I mean, you, you take your voice away. Is that an American voice I hear? Yes, it is. Is that an American voice I hear? What better voice to illustrate the dangers of voting? See, this is what happens when the wrong people vote. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. But no, I'm not watching. Why would you? And what, you, would, you wouldn't watch any of those no. reality shows. Ugh, come on, Big man. Brother, Don't any of those? No. Great, it's disgusting. Well, it's beneath you. It's, it's, uh, yes, it is beneath me. I'd rather curl up with a good book. I'd ra- I, man, I'd rather, I don't know, I'd rather... The uh, one uh, criticism I have this year is that they're missing Holly, Holly Willoughby. Because she oh, laughed... Do you not like Ant and Dick? Uh, Ant and Dick are great, but Ant was replaced last year by yeah. Holly. Yeah. And she did a much better job. And it's only now that Ant is back that you realise... Oh, Funny, and I, I, really I saw Holly. the first night and I thought Ant and Dick were on fire. And they I thought, are on fire. There's somebody but who's was really better. after... Mm getting himself better and they're back at full steam. I, I thought they were excellent on the first night anyway. I just thought the gags were, were oh, no, they really are landed. Still, I just prefer if Holly How was How can there. you tell them apart? Which one's Ant and which one's Deck? The small I one's get that small. mixed up. Oh, okay. The small one is Deck. The small one is Deck. Caitlyn Jenner doesn't know who Ant they are, is the which one. is quite funny. Ant is the one that's always in trouble anyway, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's going to win? Oh, it's too early to say because you don't know what's going to Well, who would you like to win? Caitlyn Jenner. Okay. Yeah. You know, I find she's a bit moody. Fantastic. Like Hilarious. She's, you know, she's in, on the edge of weepy all the time. No, was I on the edge Becomes of weepy after the first 30, uh, 36 hours and then settled into it and is now an absolute dream and is playing a blinder. 
Right, right. Surprise, surprise. All right. Uh, we will have more, lots more, from our final furlong panellists, Jim Elliott, Bill Hughes and Susan Kyo after this quick break. All right. You're listening to The Hard Shoulder and The Final Furlong coming to you from the Intercontinental Hotel. My guests, uh, panellists today, are Susan Kyo of News Talk uh, Weekend Breakfast, uh, Bill Hughes of Mind the Gap Films and Jim Elliott, comedian. And uh, this week, new research... Uh, a project on attitudes towards gender equality was published. It's called Gender Matters 2019. Wait till I see who published this, because you always have to find out who's paid for the research. Yes, Safe Ireland, of course, doing a lot of important work to end domestic abuse. And what it focused on was youngsters, people under 25. It And it looked at the stereotypical roles of men and women. Uh, and, and, you know, it says 26% of young people believe a man should be the head of the household. But I, I would put that 74% believe the opposite. And they say 17% uh, people believe that household chores like cooking and cleaning uh, should be done by women, which means 83% don't believe that. Uh, did, you looked at these figures. What did you make of it? I think it shows an evolving world, does it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I suppose the people you're talking to are under 25. So you can extrapolate from that that a lot of those young people might live in households that still would be very traditional so their parents may have that traditional role where maybe the dad was the breadwinner maybe the mom raised the kids was the person who cooked the dinner does the lion's share of the housework so that may possibly be why you're seeing those findings in that study I mean I just think that whole thing has completely changed the way the way we're set up at the minute now in most families both people work so they're just you can't have those roles even if you wanted to like even if you wanted to be the person who would cook dinner every day it's just an impossibility because everybody's bloody juggling so much to try and get work done and get kids done and get the house done that you're kind of fighting fire a lot of the time and you're doing the stuff whenever you can find the time to do it. There's no Particularly when it comes to parenting. Like Absolutely. Oh, like completely. Parenting has been transformed since my day. But you just can't get good staff nowadays. Isn't that the real problem, Jim? <laughs> With your staff. This, this hotel is too fancy, man. You want to feel like a jerk? Do like I did and park your bicycle out front. Ugh, I'm next to three Mercedes I, 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 and Alexis. I, 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 please leave through the back door. I don't want to be yeah, seen I, uh, that I know I, you. I don't either. blame you at all. All right, okay. So uh, what, what do you make of the survey? I thought it was fantastic. I thought thought it was fantastic and I think you did a good job there in reversing the numbers. Mm-hmm. When you say that 25% of, of kids under 25 think that a man should be the head of the household, my brain put the word only in front mm-hmm. of that. Only well, three 25. Out of four That's felt great. The opposite, Jeff. Yeah. That's fantastic. I was thinking, man, if you'd have polled my graduating high school class and all us guys uh, uh, about who should be the head of the household, I bet that number would be a lot closer to 80 or 90%. So I think it's a fantastic show of how far we've come. I'm, I'm proud of these kids. Yeah, okay. I Bill. also think compared to the results of the, re- the relatively recent referenda about key issues like the repeal of the eighth and like marriage equality, and you look at the results and they were, what, 62%? Mm. And this is saying 75%, mm. 80%. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's, a, it's a more negative. Yeah, both the repeal and yeah. the marriage equality were about 2 to 1, 66, yeah, two to one. Yeah, So yeah. that reflects yeah. society, really, whereas this survey... Uh, reflects, as you say, under 25s. And I think the under 25s, so many of them are so lethargic 
and so switched off and so only involved in Candy Crush and only involved in Tomb Raider or whatever yeah. it is they're playing. And they week. probably Tomb live, because just thinking about what Susan said about their household, they probably live in a house where there's a laundry fairy yeah. and there's a, a food fairy that yeah. as Look, the because they're living at home. And the reality is there's lots of 35 year olds who are living yeah. in a house yeah. now with a food fairy and a yeah. laundry fairy because that's just the way things have gone and people actually can't move out in the way like I, like I moved out when I was 19 because that's what you did, you know, it back then whereas now there's no way people can't move out they're with their parents a lot longer so if that has been what's happened while you were younger it can continue into sort of your late teens your 20s your 30s then when these people are left out on their own that's when they realize they actually can't do a lot of that stuff or at least they haven't practiced doing it i think that that plays into that definitely what time did you leave with i i mean what age were you uh, I went you to boarding kind of school and then I No, went I meant le- left it of uh, your own volition. Oh, when I went to college, because I got into college in England and I, I left for college in England when I was well, 20. Where did you go? I went to, in Birmingham. Well, I went to the London Academy of Music you and Dramatic Art and then I was in Birmingham for three and a half years in the 70s and loved it. And uh, so I've been gone out of home. You never went making back after my college? Own. No, I've been making my own way in the world since, huh. and and uh, very happily so. But well, that's because you're against a thigh, even though put I'm up a nice I'm not against a thigh. They, <laughs> they love me, and I love a thigh. Well, you know, you've badmouthed a thigh from get go. I have yeah. never badmouthed it. Bad right. See, this disgusting. is the, this is the kind of twisted <laughs> carry on that can come from a failed politician. This is the sort of thing. I hope you don't go back to a thigh if you have badmouthed it. Never badmouthed. No, 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 no. I'm only jesting. Mm-hmm. So, so what time? What age did you leave home at? I went away to college, but then at twenty-two, I came back and I lived. I don't at think home college is the same because you come home on weekends. Yeah, you come home, home, come home on weekends. When did you say I moved out ah, of here? Twenty-three. Right. 23. So about a, I, I did another, I guess, eight, ten months after college back in the house. And then, I, and then and that then wasn't it, enough. You just had to leave the country. Well, then it turned out I, you can get a job elsewhere. and you can, you, But I had the option. Of the job that I could get at 23, a 23-year-old moron, gave me enough money that I could afford rent. And I figure if you're 25 right now, I don't think that's the case. I think you've got to have a really – you need to work for at least eight or ten years to get your salary to the point where you can afford to rent on your own. Yeah, well, all that's that's become so difficult mm. uh, as opposed to living for free at home. All right, let's move on to our next topic. As you know, the uh, general election in Britain, although it hasn't got a lot of coverage over here yet, I think we're waiting until it gets uh, to the final furlong of some clarity. Uh, but um, Andrew Neil, who who is very forceful guy, um, did a recent series of interviews with leaders, including Jeremy Corbyn, and and a lot of people are saying that. Uh, you know, he asked him about three or four times, would he apologise to the chief rabbi? You'll be aware the whole context of this, of allegations within Labour of anti-Semitism. Uh, but the, the question we're asking, and I suppose it really comes after uh, the, 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 the interview on Newsnight with Prince Andrew, uh, can you do an interview that simply ends your career? Uh, or... Uh, can people let it go? What, what do you think, Susan? Yeah, a couple of things. I mean, like we, we've had some kind of big interviews like that, I guess, in Ireland this year. I mean, two words, Maria Bailey. That was an interview that absolutely was a complete car crash, the interview that she gave to RTE, and something that, you know, people talked about, are still talking about, and an interview that did her, no doubt, huge damage. Same with Prince Andrew, the same with this interview with Jeremy Corbyn. I just can't understand how people 
don't get the relevant advice before they go into these mm-hmm. lion's den. You know what you're going to be asked. And anybody who's been around the block and you'd know this, Ivan, if you're going into something really tough, you would never do that without getting somebody to put you through your paces mm. beforehand and get go into a room and make someone jump through those hoops, ask you all the tough questions, war play the whole thing with you. So there's nothing that you will get wrong and that you'll have an answer for everything. And I think don't do these interviews unless you've really put in that prep work because, you know, the, but, the but, damage is very the, hard the, to the move back from. The thing I find from. interesting from a media management point of view is that if you take something like, say, a controversy, the FAI, right? Mm-hmm. The strategy is, or, or it could be cervical check or whatever, just get through nine days. And you know what? Say the media, no, 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 whatever the controversy is, you get your line out there, whatever. But there's a media cycle of nine days. Mm. In other words, that you know what? They'll move on to something else. They'll move on to uh, Owen Murphy or they'll move the next on to. Exactly. Uh, and it is absolutely inevitable. So part of news management would be for survival, just batten down the hatches. This too will pass. But it seems certain interviews. Don't pass. I mean, like, I, I, would you say Prince Andrew will ever uh, be the same again after this interview? I sincerely hope not, because he's an arrogant, you know, prick, basically. And that's what this proved. And his PR guy, who tried to advise him that not this was bad, yeah. he, he had to resign because he knew he was going to do it. But then you look at who was pushing Andrew to do this. And you, you really have to, you know then that his judgment was so wrong because he took advice from Fergie, his ex-wife. He took advice from his daughter, Beatrice, who is easily lampooned as one of the most foolish members of the royal family that there's ever been, who's on a permanent holiday. And and you see that that's who... If, if you're choosing to take advice, be aware of the quality of that advice. If you only want advice from fools, she'll be listening to them all or, your or life. Or people who tell you what you want to hear. Yeah. We're, we're going we're gonna to stay on this issue of car crash interviews, but let's get a news update. My panel of Jim Elliott, Bill Hughes and Susan Kew are staying with me. Uh, let's cross over now back to base and get a news update. You're listening to the final furlong uh, with my guests, comedian Jim Elliott, Bill Hughes of Mind the Gap Films and Susan Kew, presenter of the News Talk weekend breakfast show. But before uh, news, we were talking there about car crash interviews. What do you think has been the most iconic I mean one thinks of uh, Porrick Flynn on the Late Late Show <laughs> and in the Three Houses is, is, mind, is, yeah. is there any others that strike you as and being also pretty the, iconic well yeah because uh, you know with the recent passing of Gay Byrne the only fly in the ointment that people could really point to was his mishandling of the Annie Murphy interview and that's the only real flaw in, in a for 50-year mm. uh, career, that he, he, there was one drop and everybody could still bring that up. Mm. Whereas if you... Th- there, are, there have been so many interviews with people that over the years, I can't understand how Trump has survived. I can't understand how Clinton survived. Some, you know, I never had sexual, sexual relations, relations with, with that, that woman. woman. Mm. You know, that's, you can mm. recite it. And you, oh, that, that comes back to, to haunt, you know. <laughs> but I, can, I believed him. It yeah. comes back to haunt everybody. Right. And, and so... But, but you, you know, we were talking about Maria Bailey and mm. we were talking about Prince Andrew earlier. Surely the interview was... 
just the thing, the straw that broke the camel's back. The actual problem for Andrew was the Epstein thing. Oh, yeah. The actual problem for Maria Bailey was the Compo claim. Do you yeah. understand me? Yeah. Like, sometimes the interview just is the defining moment, mm-hmm. Jim, that, that breaks it, but actually it's an accident or incident waiting to happen. And what was the point of doing either of those interviews that you just mentioned, the Prince Andrew one or the Maria Bailey one? I, I, I didn't know that nine days... News. I, I knew well, in, in politics that was always nine days. Like if a minister, if a minister could survive, in other words, if you can make it to uh, one uh, weekend. Like, you know, yeah, exactly. If you got through four or five days, it, something else will come. There'll be an earthquake or something else will come along to to save you. If it goes beyond nine days, the then prime minister saying maybe oh, I should sack boy. this guy. Okay, yeah. so then it's permanent. Yeah, well, it could be more serious. His yeah. interview, Prince Andrew's interview, was so bad the Queen cancelled his birthday party. Do you know how bad? Like that's the one, when was the last time your mother cancelled, threatened to cancel your birthday party and actually She's followed through? Not bringing through my horse on. riding then though the following week or something. Well, I think sure, they're, they're friends get. But the funny thing is, I mean, look, I, like as somebody who follows news stories, I didn't know half of what I knew about the Prince Andrew and Jeffrey Epstein saga than, than I did after I heard the interview. Like, talk about putting the spotlight yeah. on the ins and outs of that relationship and the back and forth, apart from his demeanour and the pizza and the, all of that sort of he stuff, apart from sweat. anything to do well, with that. Well, the sweating, I thought he had a good point. <laughs> no, no, I believed him on the sweating. Oh, give me a break. No, 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 no. <laughs> the poor man was shot at in the Falklands. Yeah. And he, you know, some people yeah, don't there's sweat. there's loads of pictures of him dancing and he's sweating like a pig. You know, but, you know it, it puts so much information out into the public domain that wasn't mm. out there at Talk about putting yeah. a spotlight on something yeah. that surely you would want to not put a spotlight on. So it just, I can never get over the fact that these guys decide to do these interviews and who isn't the person holding them in a room and saying, yeah. just keep your mouth shut. But in all of this, shouldn't we also be congratulating Emily Maitlis? Oh, she was yeah. incredible. For the quality of mm. the She interview. was incredible. Yeah. Like, I mean, she delivered. But, but, no, but would, would anyone, because it, it's such a rarity. No, because no, watching it, it was yeah. her She was in, quite respectful was relentless. Yeah. It was her, her hunt was relentless. And not everyone has that death stare where you can say, unbecoming. Yeah. Unbecoming. Yes. Yeah, no, no, no. That you was, know, that was, like, that I was mean, that, that was, yeah. I, I just, I, I am absolutely crazy about her. And Ivan, if she ever asks to interview you, I'll watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's pay-per-view. <laughs> Ivan did just admit there that politicians hope for earthquakes to yes. take no, the no, heat or, off or, themselves. No, any, <laughs> any, any tragedy or scandal to come along, and there always will be one. Now, let's, we can't avoid it any longer. 9.30, 9.35 tonight on RTE One, the most watched TV programme uh, of the entire year is, of course, the Toy Show. It's a national institution since 1975. People will be glued to their screens. I unfortunately cannot watch it because I have discovered after months and months of debate about the climate crisis, I've discovered my own inner Greta Thunberg and I find that all these plastic toys, the endless wrapping uh, and packaging 25,000 tons apparently uh, alone from toys, it's, it's just Absolutely outrageous. Um, but Jim, will you watch it? I have watched it. I'm never doing that again. I did when I first moved here. Uh, oh, it's all Billy Barry dancers. Please. Please. Oh, crying out loud. It is the lowest rent piece of garbage thing I've ever seen in my life. It must just, is it just nostalgia? Is it just because when you were a kid, that was the one night of the year you were allowed to stay up until 9.30? Is that what's going on? Because you people are hypnotized by this unbelievably terrible program. What am I watching? Careful what? with the general UP. 
people. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean, you Nostalgia, people? Nostalgia, I do think, plays a huge it, part in it. it. Like, when it? you watch it now, you know, you remember it the days It feels like where... your pyjamas as a kid. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And there's parts of it now that you're, you know, I'd nearly pause it for a few minutes at the start and then fly through some of the, the bits that I don't like. Whereas... So your daughter's what age? So she's eight. Tonight is... Uh, so she like oh, it? you're oh, right like in it there. Seven or eight is the classic Massive age. night in our house tonight. Um, that's why the tree had to go up. The tree had to go up on Wednesday right. to be up for the toy show. It's all they're talking and about. And will you today. fake it or will you be genuinely interested? I'll be interested in parts of it. I mean, I come from an era where all I wanted was to be a Billy Barry kid. I mean, we watched the toy show and you just thought that is all I want in the world <laughs> is to be, to be a, a Billy, Billy Barry kid. Like, ended that, up was, in that, that was the dream. Susan, someday I hope to hear you sing The Sun Will Come Out Tomorrow, <laughs> like little Annie. <laughs> but right. that was the dream. But what I love about the toy show now, it's the moments in it. So it's it's not necessarily, the, you know, you will get a, a great kid and they'll say something really funny and you'll get a laugh out of it. I don't necessarily like seeing all the toys I love the book part. I think the book part, the kids are great. But there's always a moment of surprise. There's always a big kind of, the thing that will go viral, the thing that you'll hear about tomorrow, even if you don't watch it tonight. Two years ago was probably my favourite one. It was the where it was where a little boy and a little girl, their dad was abroad in the Defence Forces. Mm. And uh, they were chatting to Ryan and there was a big box covered in paper. And they said, will your dad be watching the toy show tonight? And they said, no, he's away with the army. And next thing they pulled down the wrapping paper and their dad jumped out of the box and it was absolutely incredible so those little moments like that that's what I'm watching out for tonight mm. I'm looking for a little moment that will make me as a 30 something year old well, think oh lovely after this quick break I'll tell you what was my best memory from the toy show stay tuned welcome back to the final part of the final furlong here coming to you from the intercontinental hotel today and I'm in the great company and it is great to see them here Jim Elliott Bill Hughes and Susan Kyo. And before the break, we were uh, talking about the, 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 the best moment of the toy show that I can remember. And, and uh, I was going to say back in the time with Gay, and they had this, this kind of, I suppose, you kind of, kind of nerdy child who was into clocks. You know that? And he was a horology expert. I remember and him. just he was he was just so bookish or something or so academic or something. John Joe. John Joe was. Yeah, it was absolutely stunning. But that doesn't come close to, to Ryan and the mermaid. I mean, dressed as a mermaid, he was absolutely stunning. <laughs> uh, Bill, uh, what, what's your take on the toy okay, show? OK, OK, OK. I accept that it is going to be the number one show that everybody will watch tonight. And I accept that children all over the country will be sitting down in front of it and that there will be Coke floats and, and Mikado and all Hot that chocolate. kind of stuff. However, however, in all of the ad breaks tonight, there will probably be mention of the Vincent de Paul. And there will probably be mention of Focus Ireland and the homeless. And it will be all this poverty, 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 which is the reality of the life that we're in. And then you have this two and a half hours, three hours alter to consumerism being foisted on us and all the parents watching it going oh my god look at all the toys we can't afford look at all the things our children want that are making their eyes light up that we can't give them so it's a complete head screw like it just wrecks me that I no, think it's, it is a fair point and as a parent with someone with an 8 year old like Santa is Santa and Santa can bring anything you know so we've had conversations about what's going in the letter and you know, there's different things mentioned and 
I might say, well, that's a very expensive thing. But the answer would always be, but Santa can bring yeah, it. So, it. So, you know, it, it is very difficult for parents watching that tonight. I, I, I totally take your point. I think it can be it can be very hard. And lots of people with, you know, three or four children will really struggle to try and, you know, make Christmas happen I'm outside of, of the Santa stuff. And, and, and it's hard. Yeah, I'm thinking of the children in the hotel rooms that are going to be watching mm-hmm. it, that that's their reality. And that's why I just I think it's a massive disconnect. And I think it's it's a really unfair moment because it's it's reminding them of what they've lost. And, and therefore, the, the Late Late Toy Show has a panic button for me. But if, if, if you I, I, I get totally what you're saying, but you probably wouldn't make any travel programs if, if that means people feel bad. I can't afford to no, go to New York. You probably wouldn't, it. you know what I mean? Make lots of things yeah. on the basis. There could be a wonderful hour of the book section and the surprise section. And stuff. Instead, it's just this relentless avalanche of all the things is you that can't an indictment? It creates an expectation yeah. that is unsustainable. You mentioned the sustainability element of yeah. it, and I predict that that will be a big part of the show tonight. I right. feel that they may touch on that. They oh. may touch on, you know. But it'll uh, only be tokenism. You oh, know look, I mean, I mean, it's not like me, a true convert. Oh, look, just look, look. But I think it could be shorter. <laughs> I, think, I think it could be shorter, and we could have the highlights. We could have it compressed, and. Then well, it's now it's now turned into the flagship of RTE. I know this. This 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 is the way. But does it not signal, Jim, hmm. and 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 the event I'm here uh, to do the annual Christmas lunch? It's always the last Friday in November. At what point? Because we spoke about putting up the Christmas. Is it okay to say, okay, bring it on? Christmas has started. So for some people, it's after Halloween. That's the commerce mm-hmm. sector. Some people, it's the 1st of December. Some people, it's actually Friday the 20th. Do you know what I mean? When they actually yeah. sort of finish mm-hmm. work uh, 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 and maybe head back to the hills. Uh, for some people, it's the Christmas party season. Uh, when for you do you say, yeah, I'm now officially into Christmas? Well, to me, because I, I, I grew that up on Thanksgiving. That appalling, by the way. Thanks Gary, very much. Yeah. Uh, I, it's the one that matches what Ryan Tuppery was wearing last year. <laughs> to me, it matches... Uh, I grew up with Thanksgiving. So to me, it was always, okay, the Friday after Thanksgiving, the weekend after Thanksgiving, that's when all the decorations go up. Uh, and But since I've been living in Dublin, you know what it is? It's the lights. It's my favorite thing that Dublin does. Grafton Quarter. Uh, well, the Grafton <laughs> Quarter they, they, they was... They uh, straight up after Halloween. Yeah, I know. I know. And it's uh, they go straight up, but they don't turn them on yet. They, they start stringing them. But I just I just love the uh, I love the, the downtown. And it's, it's, a, it's a function of the city itself in that it's so walkable and the streets are narrow enough that you can put a canopy of lights over it. So they try to do it on some streets in D.C., but the streets are too big. It, you just don't get the same effect. You know what well, I mean? Well, for the ordinary working man like myself, uh, Bill, mm-hmm. you know, ordinary who, who, who will be who will be doing a hard shoulder on Christmas Eve, I may permit, because I've got actually work since Stephen's Day on a football programme. I mean, like, it, it. the thing I love about Christmas is that it gives some sort of midwinter break. So take out the Jesus, take out the Santa, take out everything to do with Christmas. It actually, you know, from mid-August through to, we'll say, Easter is a long old spell not to have some sort of uh, R&R. When, when does it start for you? When I was growing up, the, we lived, we had the shop on the main street of Athai. And Here we go. the Christmas windows <laughs> went in. He's trying to redeem himself. No, the Christmas windows went in on the 8th of December. Oh, and so that 
kicked off Christmas and everybody talked about going to Dublin to start their Christmas shopping on the 8th of December. So the, suddenly the 8th of December got pushed, brought forward mm. and it was Thanksgiving. And these days, as soon as Halloween's over, people are talking about Christmas. But, but when so do you I just think it's reasonable? Gotten, uh, the, the 8th of I December. think the 8th of December is the yeah, right time yeah. to start Bill, thinking about Bill, did your family shop have to open on Christmas Day? Because no. we, had a, we had a family news agent, so it, all, all through mm. my years, we opened the shop on Christmas um, morning for a couple of hours. My grandmother owned the shop, the Gem, on Station Road in Kildare Town, yeah. and people needed batteries, they needed cigarettes, they'd forgotten to buy their stuffing, whatever it was. And you gave so, them mince pies so as well. So we had to go over and open that <laughs> shop and everybody did a couple of hours work on Christmas morning and then it was closed again by lunchtime. Well, my go back my and shopping story was I was at boarding school and we would come home for the holidays and we had a, 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 a men's and women's drapery shop and upstairs was a toy shop and we had a toy Santa. He came on the River Slaney and he, my father did all these things and so on. It was actually Con the gardener who who, who, <laughs> who did it and he, he'd have blue and red uh, pink toys and all. But we, we used to work in the toy shop and uh, it, it was it was my memory. So, but there was no such thing as working on 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 anything to do with Christmas Day. Take a listen to this. We're referring, of course, to Phil Linnet. Uh, we played that because a new 15 euro silver commemorative coin has been issued by the Central Bank to mark 70 years since the birth of Phil Linnet. And you know, it just shows how, die, how young he died. The coin is the second in a three coin uh, series entitled Modern Irish Musicians. A coin commemorating Rory Gallagher was launched in September 18. And next year, a coin, a coin commemorating Luke Kelly will be issued. So, um, I never heard of a 15 euro coin before, like a, a five euro coin I never heard of before. So what, what musician, Bill, would you like to see commemorated? What musician? Or, 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 or who would you like to see well, on a coin? My, my, I, I, you know the way we're an island of saints and scholars? I think the saints have all been tarnished, so we shouldn't have any of them near a coin. But some of the scholars should be celebrated. And I think the scholars should be our writers and our composers. But we did the stamps. That's enough for them. No, (laughs) no. So I think a coin for Seamus Heaney would be certainly not out of bounds. And a coin for Oscar Wilde would not be out of bounds. Ah, Old thespians and writers and people that nobody reads. Like, you're, you're starting to sound like D- David Norris here. You know, nobody reads James <laughs> Joyce. Nobody the reads other, Oscar The yeah, other the, stately homo. No, no, yeah. no, 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 but Oscar Wilde did have a few good one-liners. I give you that. But nobody sits down. Oh, I'll spend the night in reading Oscar Wilde tonight. I mean, Excuse give us a break. Me, maybe in and your Seamus circles Heaney's, Seamus Heaney's poems. Yes. Give me a break. I mean, like, I mean, like, we're far too deferential to these people that actually never got to the top of the bookseller, bookseller list. And it's only uh, uh, artistic snobs like yourself ram this down our throat. Like, surely we should have populist <laughs> people like Roy Keane or uh, Ryan Tuberty. They should be the people on the coins. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why Scrooge will always be alive <laughs> as long as you're alive. I don't think put anyone on a coin. Like, I, who oh. would buy a coin with somebody's oh, There must face? be some feminist, please. Uh, Nell McCafferty will put on a coin. Put a gay burn on. <laughs> a coin considering uh, the year that we've had but honestly yes. I, I find uh, like it was just something that would never occur to me that I would want 
a coin with someone's face on it. It's just, uh, it's just, uh, yeah. Coin. I just, I, I, I don't, I don't get that at it all. I don't like know why they do it. Buy for somebody and you don't like. It's really funny that they're fifteen euro yeah, coins, for, uh, but they cost sixty five. Oh, it yes. costs sixty five to buy it. Wait, is it a commemorative coin or is it currency? Can exactly. you spend it? It's a commemorative, it's a commemorative coin. coin. Okay. Oh, I see. Uh, that actually answers my favorite. Okay. I didn't yeah, know yeah. that. It's okay. a commemorative. Okay. Who, who would you like to see? Uh, no, and it can be a singer. It can be. I mean, like uh, obviously, would, like when it goes to singers, Christy Moore. I hey, thought would be in the frame. I'm, yes. I'm a comic. And I want Daniel a, O'Donnell. He's surely worth two there, euro man. or something. I want Dylan Moran on a coin. <laughs> He'd hate it. Who? Dylan Moran. I, I want a comedian. Who's Dylan Moran? Who's there, Dylan there go. Moran? Yeah. See, here we yeah, go. You see, yeah. see. Yeah, yeah. Is see. he a soccer player? Or no, right. No, he's, no, no. He's, uh, he's a hurler, and okay. he was incredible. All <laughs> good cornerback was he? Yeah, right. there. <laughs> you wouldn't believe. <laughs> mention well, now, on the sports program. Now, presented yeah, well, now, now that you mention it, there's a few iconic sports people that should definitely get a mention. Sugar. Well, yeah, that's uh, no, but I mean, there, no, there, there are lots from Christy Ring right across to different people. I mean, like I would have thought, Nicky yeah. Rackard, Seamus Heaney. I mean, like, yeah, Seamus Heaney, yes, and no, you, no, 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 you, you yes, say, yes, yes, go yeah, on, yeah, no, it's just <laughs> like you see, when you die in this country, you can't say a bad word about you. Isn't that the truth of it? People, it doesn't stop them. It doesn't <laughs> stop them. All right, okay. Um, my thanks. So uh, it's been a long day in relation to, I hope you enjoyed the hard shoulder, Eddie Roach. I'm going to have to let Susan Kyo go because she's got to get up very early in the morning. She's got to survive the toy show. She's got to look after her daughter. And then she's got up at dawn to present a News Talk weekend breakfast show, both tomorrow and on Sunday. Looking forward to that. We'll have all the breaking news of the political developments and the fallout of the four by-elections. My thanks also to Bill Hughes. You have some show coming up at Christmas time, you were yeah, saying. about Yeah, we do. A TV show called The Great Christmas Rewind, which is just going to be fantastic. We have it's old ads, is it? It's a bunch of celebrities looking back at old ads and the memories that they trigger. 50 years of television ads and clips. And it's just a beautiful show. And it'll go out on RTE One over Christmas. And I will have a show on News Talk over Christmas myself called Christmas Cracker with Bill Hughes going out on Christmas Day. A little bit of music. Music and comedy. Do you know what time it's going out at? Five o'clock on Christmas Day. And it'll probably be a five-hour special. No, it's a (laughs) one-hour special. (laughs) I'm looking forward to all your uh, productions. And my final guest, who we wish uh, you a happy Christmas as well, Jim Elliott. And that's our lot uh, for today's show. My thanks to the production team back at base, Mark Simpson, uh, Ashling Moore, Roisin Davis, Jade Wilson, and here with me, Dan Flanagan. And I want to thank all the technical team, Paul and Sifra and all those. Off the ball is up next. I will be back on Monday. Have a great weekend and thanks for listening. 